How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Pride Month is almost upon us. You know that time of year where anyone who's been within six foot of a bottle of poppers is suddenly an activist? Or worse, an ally. No, hun, just because you've been to a drag brunch, that doesn't make you a spokesperson. But it's great for visibility, Scotty. A rainbow logo on a corporation's Twitter feed is not activism, it's graphic design, hun. It's well thought out, meticulously planned and targeted. Because if you think homophobic John down the road is seeing the gay for pay adverts of drag race winners from the past advertising fizzy drinks. Well, you've got another thing coming. They are showing Marys that they like Marys in the hope that other Marys will buy their products. And don't think it's charitable. You read the small print. It's usually only a donation of about 10 grand. And marketing teams have specifically chosen a gay charity that's likely not to cause outrage with our oppressors because first and foremost, it's a marketing opportunity for their brand. Pride Month is a gay extended mix of Black Friday. It's a lot of people fighting over cheap tat and laughable infographics adorned with rainbow colours. So dear, will you fall for it again this year? Uh, oh, far too, far too enthusiastic. Welcome, well, welcome back. <laughs> Sound like those gays that don't like being gay. Welcome back. <laughs> welcome back to another helping. Could you imagine how I spoke like that? How boring. How dull. Welcome back to another helping of this thing with me. Supported, held up, actually glued together. Me, that is not them, by the ever diligent. Ooh. 
Ooh, yeah, diligent. Big word. Thank you very much. Weirdos of Audio Land. That's Deb, Tim, Maya, and Kat, otherwise known as the ATT crew. Hello to all the long-time listeners, first-time callers, lurkers, and those who are late to the party. And no, none of you can have a fucking badge. On today's show, Broken Beds. And is this the beginning of Chipgate? Boom, boom, boom. Why did I just do that? I'll tell you what's been in my head for days. Okay, this will tell you where I'm at with my mental health and sort of what I'm like as a real life person. You know, like you like hear little songs in your head. All I've been hearing is... Now, that's only a sound that people of a certain age will remember having their mobile phone next to a hi-fi. It's the sound of receiving a text message from a certain period of time. I'll tell you what, I just can't get it out of my head. Anyway, (laughs) enough about me, more about me. (laughs) I just wanted to have a little moment to, like, say, I'm having a lovely time here this season. This typically is my favourite part of the season where, like, I'm getting to know new friends, the new people have walked in the room, people keep on calling up from faraway places that I've never been to, which always feels dead exotic to me, like some little Marys from, you know, North London. Um, And there is some really rich chat going on. So I just want to say thank you very much. If you have been there biting your tongue, thinking, will I, do I, I feel a bit embarrassed. What will happen? Will Scotty be nice to me? I'm nice to everyone. Almost. I'm nice to almost everyone. I'm I'm nice to a lot of people. (laughs) The number's coming up a little bit later in the show. We would love you to join in on the chat. Right. Debbie, producer... I mean, producer Debbie, (laughs) do your worst because I'm feeling quite spicy. Hi, Scotty and the gang and the team and everyone else. Uh, The episode before last, you put a call out for stories about fat sex and breaking beds. And I was quite disappointed to hear no such stories on last week's episode. So humbly, I would like to offer my own which takes you back to my student days many years ago when I was sleeping in a single metal bed frame from Argos and my boyfriend at the time was a proper fat. I don't think I qualified as a proper fat at that point but I was chubbier than average. So one day we were having a lovely time together in the cheap creaky Argos bed and then suddenly we were having a lovely time on the floor when everything quite, quite literally came crashing down to earth. After recovering from the shock and checking neither of us were seriously injured, um, my main concern was what to do about the broken bed and what my flatmate would think. She owned the flat and the bed. She happened to be away at the time, so I cunningly ordered the exact same bed frame from Argos, special delivery, rebuilt the new bed myself, because obviously the stupid boyfriend didn't help, did he? And she never noticed. But what I hadn't factored in was what to do with the broken bed. So I simply hid all the metal bits under the new bed and then never thought of it until the time came at the end of the university year when my lovely dad drove up to pack up all my stuff and drive me home like he did every year. And suddenly I remembered the broken bed frame. Um, So I had to sheepishly ask my dad to drive me to the tip to dispose of it. And he never asked me how it broke. And we never spoke of it again. But all dads like a trip to the tip, don't they? So I'm sure he still enjoyed it. And uh, you'll be pleased to hear that since then I have upgraded to a nicer boyfriend and a double bed. So, you know, the only way is up.
<laughs> what a great way to start. Well done. And first off, may I start by saying, so selfless, actually. You recognised that there wasn't a fat sex story. You heard the disappointment in the world and you decided to open up for us in more ways than one. Well done. 10 points to you. You can have a badge. I know from that description, that bed, I just I just know it because I know the sound it's like an awkward creak. It's not a definite creak. It's it's a shy creak, but it's a creak, no doubt. I know how they work. So annoying. I really love this term. Because <laughs> often within the fat world, everybody, we call each other small fats, medium fats, fat fats, super chubs. There's lots of... But I just love this term, a proper fat. <laughs> like you were some illegitimate fat. You were sort of part-time. <laughs> but your partner of the time was a legitimate, fully signed up, got the certificate, did the swimming badge, etc, etc. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people have got this um, sex-related trauma with beds, because it is a real shock when it happens, isn't it? I mean, it's happened to me more than three times. And to think somebody else's bed as well, so bless you. Well done on the recovery. That was some, like, Inspector Gadget shit that you were like, you know what, I've got a plan. You were like, murder she wrote, what was her name? Angela Lansbury. You covered all bases apart from the one. And I think you're right. There is something about dads and the tip, isn't it? What is it? Is it like an exercise of their masculinity to be like, I know which bin it goes into. My dad's obsessed with going down there. Or, you know, this is a new thing, which we shouldn't frown upon, because actually this is something we spoke about last episode. My dad's obsessed with reclaiming things and turning them into something else. It recently did up Kira Knightley's roof and she was having the old place done up and she was having um, some floorboards ripped up. So my dad made the shed door <laughs> out of Kira Knightley's old floorboards. And every time you walk past, it goes, Kira Knightley's old floorboards, those. <laughs> Any more dad-related DIY stories, please do get in touch. Ah, yes, Scotty, love. It's that JRF here. Hello, love, how are you? I Tim, I Kat, I am Maya. And hello, producer Deb, how are you? Right, so I've not broken a bed while I've been in the act of coitus. However, I have broken many, many beds. That's mostly because I've lived in rented accommodation and they provided uh, beds which are made of matchwood. And during my sleeping career, I have woken up in the middle of the night to be on the floor in a broken bed. I've also broken a couple of sofas in my time. And uh, yeah, the first bed I ever broke was actually while I was at university. And that was metal. And I wasn't as big as I am now. (sighs) The cats are at my flower bed. I know you don't want this to be gardener's question time, but tough tits, that's what you're getting from me. I made um, a dry brick um, flower bed, I know. Dead clever me. I've got the calluses to prove it. What else was I going to add? Oh, yeah, you know, just just cause. There was a young woman from Ride who ate a green apple and died. The fruit fermented inside the lamented. And cider grew in cider insides. How do you like that? Any road, don't ask me why. I just can't deal with life today. So I'm finishing the day by watching my big fat Greek wedding. Any road, love and light and God bless to you all. And a big kiss from that JRF. Bye.
Debbie, listen to me. What have I told you about fucking poems on this fucking podcast? Hello, JRF. It's so lovely to have you back. Thank you so much. And that, that little ditty you did there, so wonderful. Absolutely love that. Love poetry. Anyone want to do any more poems, limericks, haikus? I'm such a big fan, actually. Um, there was something that you said there, coitus. And I thought, well, I've heard post-coital. And I thought, I wonder if it's um Roman. Oh, so I'm going to look it up. Apparently, that's the noise that happens if you look something up. This is fun, isn't it? A podcast in which I just search things on the internet. Oh, it's very binary. It's the physical union of male and female genitalia accompanying... (laughs) This is the Merriam-Webster definition. I don't know Miriam's pronouns, but this is Miriam's definition. Physical union of male and female genitals accompanied by rhythmic movements. So it's... (laughs) It's dance, isn't it? That's what they mean by that. It's dance. Anyway, lovely to hear from you, JRF. When you said that the cats were ever to go on your flower bed, I thought chance would be a fine thing. Hi, Scotty, and hi, all the gang. Um, it's Brida here. I'm a first-time caller, long-time listener and stalker. Um, I'm quite nervous, which is why I'm not going to say the name of everybody, but hi, everyone in the gang and everybody in the pub. Um, and by stalker, Scotty, I mean, I remember being in a queue for a taxi in Dublin Airport once and seeing you and banging on the perspex that divided us to tell you which I loved you. Which I did and I still do, but I've just gotten a poll. I'm a Patreon, very happy to support you. I love the show, I love everything you're doing. But you've just asked me to take part in a poll about chips with the Chinese. And I, I don't know if I can listen to season two now because you you are Irish. Surely you know what a spice bag is. For people who don't know, a spice bag is the, mo- is the most amazing Chinese takeaway where you get crispy chicken with spices and chips and a token bit of scallion or spring onion and you know, one or two bits of chilli that don't really taste of anything. And it is the best Chinese takeaway ever. And chips are embedded in it. So I don't understand what this poll has, how it's come about. I don't know if I can vote in it, but I'm going to go. I'll have to make my own spice bag because I live in here in London and they don't have them here because it's, you know, the type of country it is. But I'm going to make my own with spice bag mix and maybe I will listen to the to season two, but I might just have to wait and listen to season three to see the outcome of this poll first and see if I can still be your number one adoring fan. But keep up the work. I hope you're minding yourself and take care. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> now, I used to live below a woman called Breeda, and I used to knock about with her children, and they would just shout her name like this, Breeda! <laughs> so that anyone I ever hears somebody who's called Breeda, that's the only way that I can hear it. <laughs> I totally remember that happening. <laughs> In Dublin Airport, and I really remember people around me being like, "Who the fuck is your one?" <laughs> being like, "I mean," <laughs> but it was so joyful, it was so lovely because I was arriving into town, I was doing a show, it was all a bit busy, and then just to have this lovely person say "Hello, welcome" was glorious. So I think you should take residence <laughs> in Dublin Airport. And um, now let's just put this here, Breeder, for you. It's not me who's saying no to the chips with the Chinese takeout. It was some caller from episode one. No, it's episode two, I think. Yes, I do know what a spice bag is. I think we've spoken about spice bags a few times on here. But just as a recap, just to elaborate on your description, it is a bag. (laughs) Because people are like, why is it called a spice bag? Because it all comes in like a brown paper bag or a white paper bag that then you put all the bits and bobs into it and then you shake it. Now, I really loved your um, slight (laughs) at the English there. (laughs) 
being like, well, you can't get one over here because you know what they're like. <laughs> oh, God, I love this podcast. So, <laughs> so, but there is this phenomena that, you know, like the English like to feel like, you know, they're at the vanguard of, which is the salt and pepper, you know, salt and pepper chips, etc. which is kind of, I think, the closest thing you'd get over here to it. But by no means anywhere delicious i mean you know i'm gonna always say that you're never gonna get anything as delicious here as you get there so if you've had a spice bag if you've got a regional favorite of your takeout that you think isn't served elsewhere i would love to know about it pick up the phone send us a little voice note and tell us what your regional deliciousnessness is brita lovely to have you don't be nervous lovely to see you again Next time I see you at an airport, I'll smack on the, <laughs> the glass and say, I love you. Hello, Scotty. And of course, producer Deb and all the rest of the team and all the toners at home. Um, you were talking about your high-waisted trousers in order to stop the chub rub. Well, the word you were looking for was, of course, gusset. One of my favourites. Thank you. Hello, Jamie. I think this is Jamie in Edinburgh, the ex-vicar turned actor. I think that's you with your very distinct voice. The word was gusset. Gusset. Is it for... Oh, no, I'm going to have to look this one up now. Oh, for fuck's sake. God. Gusset. Is it French? I can't put gusset. Is it French? Usually a diamond shape or triangular insert or a seam, such as a sleeve. So, hang on. So, a, a gusset could also be a sleeve. Or on a shoe, you get a gusset. Oh, do you know what? Sometimes just need to turn the internet off. It's just your bits down below, isn't it? Hi, Scotty. It is uh, the mysterious train pooper from season four. Yes, I will wear that with pride now that that's a thing. I am calling because I am a long time listener. Um, not first time caller, so that's my own special badge because I've been here for a long time, bitches. Move over. And I want to talk to you about I live in London now. Again, I've lived in London three times. This is my third time. But this time, I think I'm a bit older, a little bit more stable, I guess, or comfortable. Stable is the wrong word to use because I'm not mentally stable, but I am comfortable. But I wanted to talk to you about the people that I work with in London now, oh, it's just full of knobheads, isn't it? Like, East London has got this... The way that I can describe it are those white trainers with a V on the side. You know those kind of girls. Those girls that go to Hun brunches with all the gold jewellery. I... Oh, my God. I can't cope. And because I'm gay in my work... I think that a lot of them think that I'm like this novelty or this person that they can, you know, oh, my God, we want to be like, you gay best friend. And I'm like, don't touch me. Don't look at me. Don't even think that you can speak to me. Now move away from the copy printer. Thank you. Oh, hi, train paper. It's lovely to have you back. Now, not a first time caller. N-A-F-T-C badge winging its way to you. Um, first off, let's always remember that the only thing that is stable is a home for horses. Okay? That's the only thing. Anybody else who's trying to present with stability, if they're not completely messed up by capitalism, if they're not completely fucked by everything that's going on in the world, then they're not real life people, are they? So anyone who says that they understand stability is a liar. 
Now, I just wanted to tackle this thing because what happened here is I was thinking of someone that you were describing. And I think it could be misconstrued by our listeners, particularly in other regional places, because there is a phenomenon that is happening in sort of built-up cities where the visual that you're describing could describe somebody that I grew up with. It's kind of like, one for a better word, working-class drag. You know what I mean? It's what a lot of the women who I grew up around looked like and it was immaculate. And it was a way of showing that you had enough, that you were well turned out. What's happened is the middle classes and the poshes, those people that exist, they've started to try and emulate this as if it was some form of costume. They've tried to like make themselves look more quote unquote street, quote unquote estate. And so the people that you're describing, I know them. They are the Genevieve's, aren't they? They are the Felicities of the world where you're like, why are you doing? And I know this is slightly problematic because like class isn't a costume, right? And if you don't look like that, it doesn't mean that you're authentic working class, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But broadly speaking, when you get these privately educated folk who are like dressing like the 14 year old mums that I met when I was, you know, growing up in the places that I did, I don't quite have the language to put to it. I kind of want to go, this isn't who you are. And why why are you trying to do it? You know, there's that. So yeah, there's that. First off, first off, I think I'm on about fourth off now. Fourth off, 25th off. I think drag race is a lot to blame. <laughs> it's gone the other way now, isn't it? It's made like queer people or what these people who do do the Hun breakfasts, brunch, give us a mimosa for an hour and a half and charge me 35 quid. I think what it's done is it's made like queer people, invisibly queer people, a commodity that makes them feel like they have a duty to touch, engage with us and say, I know, entertain me, slay, hunty work, you know, etc. When you're just like, back off. Um, the other thing that I want to sort of touch on about this brunch culture is I really think or feel, maybe I don't know, maybe this is a question, that this sort of like 9am drinking of like, this is your allotted time to drink as much as you can. It's like bottomless Prosecco, go, 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 go. I wonder what the long-term effects of this are going to be for people in terms of their relationship with alcohol. I'm sorry to be like the mum in the corner, but... This is like deepening a culture of binge drinking. And I know this is happening in the States as well. So I'd really welcome conversations there. I'm not sure if it's happening in Canada. I'm not that in touch with the sort of queer community up that way. But there used to be this sort of kind of unwritten rule of like, you know, drinking before a certain time was considered to be uncouth, etc. And this is no shaming to people who have held and hauled addiction, you know, somebody... I think you all know I've been very upfront about my addictions in the past. But there used to be this sort of like curfew. And that sort of curfew is really gone. And it's really gone in a very different way, purely funded by the fact that it just gives venues more and more money, doesn't it? Have you got thoughts on this? I'd love to know more. Anyway, lovely. Thank you for joining in. I really like that you were kind of as annoyed by the world as I am. So you are more welcome to stay here and be annoyed with us. Oh, 
I don't know about you, but I've been doing a lot of talking. <laughs> it's time to have a little bit of a breather, I think. Um, I wanted to take a moment to remind you that however you listen to this, it would be great. It would be excellent. It would be amazing if you could press that subscribe button, wherever that is, because we'd love you to stay a while. And in a world, this world that we live in, where everyone's trying to fight for your attention, I know it can be difficult remembering what you like at the best of times. <laughs> so if you give us a follow, we'll gently remind you when there's a new episode out. So if you could do that, that would be gorgeous. Coming up, a first time caller with their 10 second confession, gendered caregiving and Pauline's dump in the damp. Oh God, trust it. It would be her, wouldn't it? Debbie, at, at, at what point, Debbie, do we say we've had enough shit stories? Never? Oh, all right, fine. Is that what I'm resigned to? When I'm on This Is Your Life, is it just going to be a series? Yes, of course I'm going to be on This Is Your Life. Is it going to be a series of people walking through that door being like, I told you my post story episode seven, season four. Is that, is that, you're nodding. That's exactly what my destiny is. Okay, good. So looking forward to that story, Pauline. <laughs> now, from time to time, we like to direct you lovely people to some podcast friends that we think you might like because, well, because we're nice like that. Now, a podcast that I've been enjoying over the last few months, because it's only in its infancy, infancy, infancy uh, is Catch Up with Louise McSharry. Now, if you're living on the island of Ireland, no doubt you would have heard of Louise, seen Louise online or on the radio or buzzing around Dublin, looking, may I say, excellent, like flawless every time. So, kind of almost annoys me how beautiful Louise is. You know, like it teeters on the edge of me being like anti-Louise because just this perf every time just is so stunning. Anyway, by the by, Louise has got this new podcast. It's called Catch Up with Louise McSharry. I love it because it's like this beautiful look at sort of Irish and global culture, politics and gossip. I haven't been able to get back to the island in the last few years because of that thing and other things to do with my brain. Now, my mum used to tell me these stories about how when she was young, they'd go into Irish pubs in North London and they'd read like secondhand, out of date newspapers or handwritten letters and read them to the illiterate men and tell them the things that were going on back home. And in a weird way, catch up for me feels like my version of that. And it makes me feel connected to those parts of myself. If you are a Real Housewives fan, if you are a fat babe, if you think you'd like to know more about Irish politics and what is going on over there, even if you just fancy listening to one of the most excellent interviews with Roisin Murphy, where Roisin and Louise talk about gender, which is possibly one of my most favourite interviews with Roisin of all time, then just search Catch Up With Louise McSherry on all of those places that you listen to podcasts. Hey Scotty, first time caller and a new listener. Hey there, Tony here from Manchester. Queer, disabled, short, cheeky, that's the start. A couple of the callers have talked about people saying stuff to them about their body. Um, I'm visually impaired and I quite often get people like ask me really weird questions about my eyesight and... Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Why why do people feel it's okay to say things without thinking? I don't mind someone saying, oh, so what, what happened with your eyesight? You're okay telling me that. That's cool. That's fine. But someone just going, oh, what's wrong with your eyes? I don't know. What's wrong with your face? However, I did have one incident where I was joking on public transport with a family member with a guy who was also disabled, with a bit of a joke. And this this other 
older gentleman got off the said tram after us, walked a little bit ahead, turned round and then shouted up the ramp at me, Oi, you don't walk like a blind man. And I was literally like, what? Who says that? What? what? What's wrong with you? At that point, my, my niece, who was with me, was wetting herself laughing. So we ignored him, walked a bit further down, and I was looking at my phone, and we just heard this mumbling from further down the road, and he was like, you don't look at your watch like a blind man either. I was like, how does a blind man look at his... What? What is wrong with you? So anyway, I thought I'd share that one with you. Loves and hugs to all the big bears and chubs out there. Love body positivity. Bye. Oh, lovely Tony. Oh, you know me. I love a new person and a new person that's down the way from me. Hello, Manchesterford. Lovely to have you. I am enjoying so much people setting out their shop when they first walk into the room. and They're just like, here are my things. I'm queer, disabled, short, and that's just for starters. (laughs) Yes, 10 points. First time caller, short time listener, F-T-C-S-T-L. I don't know why I do this. I have no idea why. I have no idea why. It just feels like a nice way of introducing people to the room. Okay, everybody, shut the fuck up, Debbie. She's looking at me again saying, you always get it wrong. Yes, I know, because I can't do the letters, can I? Thank you very much. Anyway, aren't people wild, Tony? Aren't people fucking wild? There's the, that thing the children say, which is stay in your own fucking lane. I didn't really understand it until, um, well, that's a lie. I, I always understood it. But you know, these things come with clarity where you just kind of, I just want to say to people, do you know what? Can you just shut the fuck up and just get on with your own life? Can you just leave me alone? The thing which I loved from this was something which I experience, and I think other, perhaps queer people, fat people, other disabled people will experience, which is this sort of public solidarity. When you meet somebody, you assume to be just like you. There's like a moment of joy when there are more fat people in the gym than there are non-fat people, where I'm just like, I can just relax now. Or like when me and my fat friends, when when we're on tour with our dance show, when we like walk through a smaller town and we're like very hyper-visible, there's all five of us, big fat Marys, all wearing this, that and the other. And we talk about, it's like the here come the girls moment. You know, there's that advert on the telly for the chemist and it's all like these girls and they're walking down the street and I can't sing the song because it's trademarked. Um, I'll do it in a different tune. Here come the girls. <laughs> you know, that moment. There's something about that solidarity of like seeing other people in space that I always try to hold on to. And sometimes it's it's difficult because there are some people, particularly fat people who don't want to be identified as fat people. There are some queer people who, because of safety, don't want to be highlighted as similar to you. But uh, yeah, there's just, there's something in that. Thank you very much, Tony. I hope you come back again. And what a lovely sign-off. Yes to all the fats. Yes, love that. I hope we see you again with more gossip, scandal and intrigue, please. Ten second confession. The first time I met you properly, I uh, cried, as you know. But I also had the shits. Okay, bye. Oh, now this is a person who I've got to know very well through doing shows and touring and 
<laughs> this, I can't really say any much more because it will give away who it is. There's me thinking the awe of my presence, my grace, had turned this person to tears. Oh no, it's just because they were teetering on the edge. Latest update. Right, I need to go pap and the workmen were in. So um, I went round to uh, this neighbour and he runs a salon, right? And I was like, oh, here's some free tea. Can I go pap in your public toilet? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and Scotty, the smell of damp just hit me. Oh, it was absolutely atrocious. And I went in the public bog and there were mice droppings. There's cobwebs everywhere. The sink looks like something from The Exorcist. (gasps) And crime of all crimes. You know when you've done, you're doing your dirty business and you've dropped your load. And then you do with the toilet roll. You know, you turn off the last sheet. A mound of disused toilet roll. Why has nobody told him to bin his toilet roll? <laughs> Hi, Paul. <laughs> Hi, Pauline. Trust you. Trust it. Do you know, Pauline, it feels like every week you're having some work done. Every week you've got a gentleman caller in that gaff. Now, I think we should need to address something here. Pauline from Wolverhampton. I don't think you're doing the place any good with all these stories. I mean, I don't think they're going to start employing you for Wolverhampton Tourism Board, are they? You're making us quite afraid of what happens in Wolverhampton. Has anyone got any nice stories about Wolverhampton? It's now time for your favourite and mine. It's time for the DM side. Our DMs on socials are open for the moments that you'd like to share, but you just can't bring yourself to put your voice to. Anon from Instagram says... (laughs) Okay, <laughs> here we go. I bought a new butt plug this week and lost it inside of me in seconds. <laughs> Worry not, listener. I found it easily enough, though, but I then found out that I had piles in the most... <laughs> I then found out that I had piles in the least glamorous way. <laughs> this is exactly what the DM slide is for. At after the tone P-O-D, if you want to get something off your chest... Or your backside. <laughs> hey, this is Otto here again. Hi, Scotty, producer Debson, after the town crew, the pub. Thanks for yeah responding to my voice note and opening up the conversation around caregiving, which is as you say like super complex and has like all these different elements, which is about like your relationship to the person, your relationship to yourself but also like the societal level of kind of very tropey ways of understanding it, which are often like, as you say, like really two-dimensional in the sense of like um, violin plays and um, the person who receives care is passive and docile and the person who gives care is ever-loving and like selfless. And it's like this beautiful relationship. And I think obviously the reality is that that doesn't really allow for the personality of the person both receiving care and the person giving. My relationship with my mum is like actually really quite good. Um, So I'm really lucky in that I do kind of care for her in that way. But something that she's kind of always talked about in relation to this is like, she doesn't actually need people to care for her. She needs people to support and assist her and to listen to what she wants. And it doesn't matter if they don't agree with that. It's her life and like their role is to kind of facilitate her to do her thing. And she doesn't need for people's like sympathy or pity. So I think, yeah, that word is an interesting one. I'd love to kind of open the discussion up and to 
have solidarity with other people who are kind of navigating this like really complex thing. Also kind of as a queer person, there's this whole kind of gendered element because I'm the um, square quotes daughter and it, you know, it's very gendered in my family. I've got a brother and he's like totally tapped out of any kind of element to do with this support role. And it's very much kind of this default of like, well, you'll just do this because that's your role as you know it's supposed to be kind of innate it's so complex I can't really summarize because she I guess she's been very supportive of kind of my queer identity and I don't feel like she perceives me in a gendered way but it's interesting how it kind of somehow still plays out I think it's also kind of medical professional context it kind of gets really reiterated and like people are always saying to me things like oh you know you're a great daughter you're such you know it's like those messages that you get around gender so that's another thing that I like really grapple with um, yeah, it's a really intense time for me with this um, for a variety of reasons. And so, yeah, it's really nice to be able to kind of to talk about it here. And so I, I appreciate that all. Um, love to everybody as ever. Bye. Otto, I'm so glad that you've come back and you've elaborated and we're responding. We're playing beautiful ping pong here and really am welcoming other people to jump in this conversation. As Otto said, you know, they really want to hear other people's experience. I do not have an active lived experience because I have the... I guess the privilege and I've gone through some things as I mentioned in the last episode which have I've made decisions not to be a caregiver and th- that's a whole different conversation which I'm, I'm more than happy for us to have as well but Otto here was is asking some really direct questions I guess some of this stuff was making me think of two friends um, who are artists and so I know they'd be okay with me talking about them because their very public work and the space that they hold often talks about some of this dynamic. One which is an artist who largely works within dance called Dan Dor, who's a beautiful queer person who just made a piece of work which is kind of about this relationship about passiveness and being in charge and control and and ownership and all of those sort of things. And there's another person called Jess Tom who other people might know as Tourette's hero. And both of those people sort of talk about some of those things in this space. And so, yeah, have a look at those people. But please welcome other people to the table to bring this chat a bit further. Full disclaimer, and this is slightly by the by, but it sort of is playing on my mind because, you know, it just is. I'm in the early days of a diagnosis of... Oh, God, it's never easy when you've got dyslexia. CPTSD which I'm being encouraged to start to like look at access riders for myself and start to think about crisis management documents and helping other people navigate this stuff. And something that I've learned over these past three weeks of this episode that I've gone through is that in the same way that you sort of mentioned, Otto, like I don't need care in that um, traditional sense of how we observe care to be, but I do need not to be left alone in moments like this. And so that's really interesting about like my relationship with what that means. And so I guess over the next few weeks, I'll be maybe unpacking that and that might come up for me as well. But you heard Otto, get involved in the conversation, please. If this is speaking to you, if this sounds like something you want to talk about, you know what to do. The number's coming up towards the end of the show. Hello, Scotty and the crew. Kara here. What a wonderful few episodes you've been on, eh? God, I feel like I'm really sincere down at the pub and it was lovely just to be listening in and being so emotionally touched by so much of it at the moment again. Even just thinking of my own journey of listening to this, even when I sort of enjoyed this coming as the carer when you mentioned and sort of the humour and the satire of what was going out of me, 
you know so it's just so touched to hear other people out there sort of still on this journey because i still think you lot are fucking amazing man every time i've ended the show i'm just like inspiration filled of hope and joy that people are dealing with our shit this dilemma of life you know it is a dilemma of life and and i love the life hacks i thought of how to sort of just to get through because burnout is real and i say just standing so much size solidarity with carers out there people are caring for another life you know another human but the important thing for me is not to begrudge my life not to begrudge this situation that i'm in because i wouldn't choose it but what it's brought me is immense pleasure at times and to be able to now after all these years to really self-soothe you know and, and then i see my mum now with the dementia you know it's better now than it was that actually, actually now the medication's kicked in and she's like, you know what I mean? It's, it's She's quite a pleasure to be around at times, even when you're in the flights of fantasy. And the, the, there's there's heartbreaking challenges is still with just the realisations of my own actions, you know? When I'm up there, she doesn't know who I am a few times now. I don't know if I've said before. And then the other day, or well, a couple of weeks ago, she was like, where's Robert? And I was like, yeah, he's, he's, he's still in bed. And I was like, oh. And he goes, no, no, he's not in bed, mum. He's he's up. I'm here doing doing the hoovering and doing <laughs> doing your fucking commode. And she was like, I know, but we do worry about him because he's a soft lad. You know, he's a vulnerable. He's, he's soft and he's gullible, and people are going to take advantage of him. And I'm not sure if he knows what he's doing. And I broke my heart. It just said so much, but also broke my heart. But then also with the compassion in there, going, God, what have life must have been like for you? for that generations to see these traits of kindness and or softness or, or, or gentleness or not wanting to be confrontational as a weakness, you know, that you need to toughen up. And it's just literally the other day when it was bursting to rain in the thing and she's been coming back from the centre we've been to go to in the afternoon. She's singing, she's been starting singing, you know, she's starting singing when I was just a little girl. I asked my mama, what shall I be? She keeps singing this now in the wheelchair, which is all sweet and lovely. And I've joined joining in, so you have a little sing-song with her. And anyway, we're singing along, reading her along the wheelchair. Our umbrella's like raining down, going on. Starts singing it. And then she suddenly stops and she was like, I was like sorry, and she asked me a question. She goes, was I ever a little girl? <laughs> and I was just like, oh. And I just started crying. I was just like, oh, blah, blah. She goes, was I ever a little girl? And I was like, yeah, Bubba, you were, you were definitely a wee lassie once. You were a wee lassie once. And then she stopped again and she went, does that mean I'm a wee lassie now? And I was just like, time and space, just like, it's it's amazing the power of the mind, isn't it? Okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. The future's not us to see. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. Oh, here she is. Thank you very much. It's lovely to have you back, babe. I mean that. And it's never an expectation of anyone, actually. And I guess that leads me to my other thing, which is like, it's never an expectation of people to be entertaining or compelling or brilliant. You know, you can put your things here and just be like, there's something I want us to look at. And, um, I, I guess I want to say that to you directly because you've brought so much joy and laughter and ridiculousness to this room. That just as a reminder, like, that, that is not an expectation of you. There's something that you said in this message that I think 
is going to be my final thought, which is you're responsible for a life. And that feels so profound and so big, so overwhelming, but also so beautiful. And I think it really helps articulate the responsibility in its complexity, in its massiveness, but also in the joy, as you say, that it brings. And that's it. Wow. What a big episode. That felt mammoth. That felt like some big things have been spoken about. If any of that has got you going, if any of that is making you think, feel and want to contribute, you know what to do. Open up WhatsApp and send us a voice note to this number. Zero seven double eight two hundred three four two zero also just a moment to say but we really appreciate seeing you share this podcast and the episode and your thoughts and your opinions on it on your timelines tagging us in stories and stuff like that it's it's really lovely it gives us all that little edge every week to go okay let's keep on let's keep moving forward so thank you so much oh god yeah that was a big one wasn't it Anyway, deep breath in and one out. Oh, God, that feels good. Anyway, that's it. So until next time, dickheads, stay weird, stay mental. And remember, wash your bum (laughs) in a bit. After the Tone is presented by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Colbride, vice producer Tim Bano, assistant producer Maya Miller-Lewis, digital producer Capriel. After the Tone is a Debbie production. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 